This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the agenda here on the Blood Red channel. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. Is the Salah saga set to reach a conclusion? The question that's gone without answer could finally be reaching an outcome. Alongside me, we have Liverpool.com editor Matt Addison to discuss the latest on the Egyptian king after reports have emerged over the course of the weekend to suggest a breakthrough in negotiations may well have been reached. Matt, the mirror reporting then that Mohamed Salah could finally be set to compromise and come to the negotiating table and sign a contract for the remainder of his career at Anfield. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I think it, it's always made sense that this would kind of be the conclusion that both parties came to. I think it's not kind of revelatory in terms of, I don't think anyone really, really expected that he wanted to, to go anywhere. I think if if this is the case and, and there is kind of an acceptance from him and his agent that Liverpool really were telling the truth and when Jurgen Klopp said that they'd done all they could in terms of, of convincing him, if there is a kind of acceptance that that's the case and I think there's always been a kind of acceptance that he couldn't really go anywhere else and and feasibly make the case that it, it wasn't about money. I think it, it would have, have come down to, to that ultimately. It sounds like there is possibly the the possibility of, of Mohamed Salah signing a new contract. Obviously, that would be a huge thing for Liverpool. It would be you know, a, a big boost if he could do that sometime soon. Obviously, ahead of, of what's going to happen between now and, and the end of this season, it'd be quite nice to, to kind of put that to bed a little bit. But yeah, it, if it does happen and it does happen soon and there has been a breakthrough, I wouldn't be massively shocked because... Like I say, it's it's always been the case, really, that that was kind of the only real logical solution, not just for, for Liverpool, but, but for the player himself as well. Yeah, where where do you think he could have gone, realistically? If if I mean, the report is he's close to agreeing new terms, not really that a deal has particularly been struck, more kind of, I suppose, phase one of kind of coming out of, I suppose, the freeze after his agent kind of rubbish, what Jurgen Klopp had previously said about negotiations. I mean, which clubs do you think would actually have been looking to to satisfy the, the demands that Mohamed Salah has? I think there's a few that would have had a go. I think there's there's been a lot of links with Barcelona, hasn't there? I think I'm not quite sure whether that would have been appealing to him. I think going to kind of a, a project which is probably at the point at which Liverpool were three, four or five years ago, I think that would have been certainly a step back. Whether they could have afforded him is, is a completely different question as well. Again, not quite convinced on that. But yeah, I'd have been surprised if, if he'd have gone there. Real Madrid, we've said all along, they want Kylian Mbappe. They probably want to, to get Erling Haaland as well in the summer. Could they get Salah as well? Would that make sense? Probably not. Again, would it be you know a step up? Certainly, uh, probably at best, it would be a sideward step to, to go to Real Madrid, possibly even a bit of a step down to go there. PSG, again, we've seen what's happened with Gini Wijnaldum this season. The, again, the, there's no doubt that that would have been a step down in, in my mind to, to go to France rather than playing in, in the Premier League. It, it would have been you know, a massive, massive sort of disappointment, I think, if, if Salah had done that, because, again, th- there's only really one reason that you could justify that, and, and that would have, have been money. And then the other option, really, is is the Premier League, isn't it? Which you could never really see him 
realistically going to Manchester City. We don't really know what's going to happen with Chelsea moving forwards, but again, he's been there before. And again, it would probably be a step down as well. There's a bit of a gap now to, to Chelsea in the, the Premier League table for Liverpool. So, yeah, that, that was fundamentally what this was all about, wasn't it? I think Liverpool have a strong negotiating point in that I don't think they need to offer him the enormous wages that Cristiano Ronaldo might be on at Manchester United or Jack Greenish and Kevin De Bruyne might be on at Manchester City because if it's not just about money and it's not just about wages, well, he's at a club which is in the best possible place to win things. He's at a club that's perfectly set up to get the best out of him. And he's also at a club where he's loved as well. I think that's something he's spoken about you know, plenty of, of times that the interviews that he's done with Spanish papers, with GQ and, and various other magazines over the, the past sort of 12 or 18 months, that's something he's spoken about. And I'm sure we're going to get into it, but there's nowhere nowhere better really for him to feel that love than at, at Liverpool. So yeah, all of the things always pointed towards a resolution and a compromise one way or the other. And if the, the reports coming out of the mirror are correct, it, it sounds like that might possibly have sort of clicked in his mind and, and possibly his agent's mind as well that that was going to have to be the case. Yeah, of course, Virgil van Dijk, Jordan Henderson, Trent Alexander-Arnold have all signed new contracts during the course of this season. Will it set a precedent, though, for maybe negotiating with, with Sadio Mane or even going forward if, if Liverpool look to bring in high-profile players such as, as Thiago Alcantara, as they have done in the past, that Liverpool actually, the wage structure maybe is a bit more flexible than we first thought. I mean, as you said, Salah supposedly was, was wanting half a million pounds a week-level pay with what Cristiano Ronaldo reportedly earns at Old Trafford. Yet Liverpool had previously, that the offer on the table is, is believed to be something that could rise up to as much as £400,000 a week. Now, we're unsure as to whether Salah is, is bending to that offer that Liverpool have made, and that was a best and last offer that was put forward, or whether actually there may be an agreement between. I mean, it's mind-boggling figures, but all of a sudden now, will it completely inflate and, and I suppose, it maximise, it improve the, the wage bill, the, the wage budget that Liverpool will have to operate with? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know the details of, of exactly how it would be, I suspect, probably a big proportion of, of that if it is if it is 400,000 a week then I think a big proportion of that would kind of be in bonuses and it wouldn't necessarily be something that he took home every single week I mean we, we don't know the exact sort of details of, of the structure of, of the offer um, or anything like that at, at this moment in time but I don't know I don't know to be honest whether it does change too many things I think Virgil van Dijk, Jordan Henderson, these kinds of players, Thiago, they've they've all signed for Liverpool relatively recently and, and we're happy to to do that in the knowledge that this could happen with Mohamed Salah and probably in the knowledge that they probably want it to happen with Mohamed Salah. I don't think any of them want him to, to go anywhere either. So I don't think it, it particularly changes anything for them. I think it'll be probably interesting if Salah does sign to then see what happens with Sadio Mane. We've seen his agent this week speaking about the, the fact that they've not really had any talks with Liverpool so far. They're waiting for the end of, of this season. That could have a knock-on effect. But I just think Mohamed Salah is is in a bit of a unique position. I can't see Liverpool being in the market for a player who is effectively the best player in the world or certainly in the, the top two or three. I don't think they would go out and, and try and buy a player of that standard. And that's the only way that you can kind of argue that you need to have parity with him because... Yeah, Virgil van Dijk is, is the best centre-back in the world and, and he's brilliant, but Liverpool have already got him. 
who else are they going to go out and, and buy which you know the, the player or the representatives could realistically make the case that they are as good as Mohamed Salah. It's, it, it's just not quite the way that Liverpool work. I mean, we've we've even seen it with someone like Luis Diaz has come in for a, a substantial fee, but I don't think that, that there was ever really a case of, of him being world-class when he came in. The idea was always that he's just sort of on that cusp, of, as we've seen with with other players, Diogo Jota and and that kind of player. It's That's the, the Liverpool model, isn't it? As, as Mohamed Salah was when he came in, He's got that potential and that ceiling to get to that level, but you're not going to sort of sign them immediately to, to come in and, and do that. So I don't think it changes anything massively if, if Salah does sign a, a bigger contract. It might do at some point down the line, but I just think for, for Liverpool at the moment, it's it's a unique situation. It's not something they're going to have to deal with week in, week out. It's it, it's not something that's going to change, really, I don't think, what they do in the, the transfer market either. So it's one that just makes sense for me to do. And fundamentally, it will be a lot cheaper to, to sign Mohamed Salah up than it would be to, to try and replace him in the market. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, what do you make then kind of, or what impact do you think this will have? Should it all be sorted? And I suppose regardless if it's done before the summer or not, it feels as though that breakthrough that we speak about may well have been reached and this now may move towards a resolution, as you say, if, if the reports are correct that are coming out of the mirror. What impact do you think it then has for the remainder of the season with the squad knowing that the star man isn't set to, to just walk out the door? I think it can can only be a good thing. I'd, I'd like it to be done sooner rather than later for, for that reason, really. I think that the longer it kind of goes on, the more questions they'll be asked. We've seen Mohamed Salah's not been in the, the best of form recently. I think he's struggled a little bit after kind of the, the AFCON disappointment. He's then obviously been away in the international break and has come back. And, and part of, of the report says the reason he's changed his mind is is because of how he's felt that kind of love from Liverpool, the, the kind of understanding really of, of what he's been through with Egypt. The fact that he's now lost a couple of, of those big games, he's not going to go to the World Cup the way that they've kind of dealt with that setback that the report in the mirror says that's been a, a key thing in in sort of helping him make up his mind of, of where he wants to be. So I don't think it's really that that, that, that was the issue. I think, you know, the, the contract thing in the background is is never going to help in terms of his performances. I think it will be probably slightly easier to, to perform if this is all settled and, and all done and everyone knows where, where each party stands with it. But I think the, the bigger thing for me in terms of his form is just the amount of football that he's played. I think he just looks a little bit tired. I think there's, there's not going to be too many opportunities really to, to rest in between now and, and the end of this season. But I think it, it could be it could be beneficial, even possibly against Benfica midweek, if he was to, to sit that one out ahead of the game against Manchester City, give him a full week off, give him that time to, to rest and recuperate. I think that would, would probably be a bigger thing than, than the contract. I don't think that the contract has really been playing on his mind too much. But if it could get sorted, even if it didn't give Salah a boost, which I'm sure it would do in some way, I think it would certainly you know, give Liverpool fans a boost. I mean, there's there's no doubt that Everyone wants him to stay. Everyone wants him to, to be signed up. But, you know, I think the, the club um, and the players and Jurgen Klopp would be extremely keen, really, to uh, to give every little extra boost to that atmosphere, every little extra thing that, that could make the difference between now and, and the end of this season. I think if uh, 
if there was a contract to, to celebrate before the end of the season, that could could only be a good thing in terms of, of that feel-good factor, the momentum, the motivation, all of the, the rest of, of these things. We don't know, of course, how much of a difference that would make, but it's going to be... It's going to be the little things, I think, that, that decide where, where Liverpool finish in the, the league, how far they go in the Champions League and, and the FA Cup. I think, you know, it, it could come down to something like this. If there's that extra, just that extra little 0.1%, that could be all the difference. Does it bust the myth then maybe that, that loyalty does play a part as much as I'm, I'm sure the noughts on the, the contract are going to play a big part? Does it does it kind of suggest that you've, you've referenced a, a lot of the report mentions how Mohamed Salah has really felt the affection of the Liverpool fan base. He's got a new mural on the the Anfield Road, uh, well, on Anfield Road, sorry, outside the the stadium now. I mean, he's absolutely adored. He, he's of course christened the Egyptian king, and I mean, you said before he couldn't really be at a better club for him. That is one point, but the team equally in five years at Liverpool, it's now kind of been built to get the best out of him. And now it's about Liverpool securing him for those best years to ensure, uh, to, to ensure, sorry, the, the good times continue to roll. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's a kind of it's a guarantee, isn't it? Really, of, of success if you stay at Liverpool, and it's a guarantee of being in a, a position where you're at a club where they're designed, as you say, to to get the best out of you. I think it was uh, it was interesting that Bruno Fernandes signed a new contract at Manchester United this week you could probably imagine he could go somewhere else and, and be more successful. But I think, you know, we've seen Liverpool took a look at him in the past and decided that actually they didn't, didn't really play with a number 10. It, it wasn't really the, the type of player that would fit into their system. And, and so they passed on him. And I, I think if, if Bruno Fernandes went to a different club and, and played for, for a different team, you'd see a different player. I think it's, it's similar with Mohamed Salah as well. I think if you put him into PSG, for example, it, it wouldn't necessarily just be the case that he'd pick up and, and play exactly how he has done at Liverpool. So, yeah, I think that's that's a big consideration for him. I think the fact that the team is is set up to get the best out of him, the fact that he's got the best right-back in the world behind him, the fact that he's got probably the best manager in the world, in, in my opinion, certainly right up there in terms of, of that conversation in, in Jurgen Klopp. I think the, the kind of the entire system just suits him the club that he's at suits him. Everything is is set up really for, for him to, to spend what could be the best years of his career over the next two or three seasons. You know, he's obviously 29, turning 30, but there's still there's still plenty more to, to come from him. And I think, yeah, like you say, it's it's the perfect club, the perfect system, the perfect sort of fan base to, to get behind him. I think there's there's just so many elements of it that it just wouldn't make sense really for him to go anywhere else. So it would be a massive relief, I think, for for him as much as anything to, to stay. He's always maintained all the way through this that he didn't really want to go anywhere else. It was just a case of making sure that he wasn't just staying just for that. There was, you know, the the right kind of things in place around him as well. I think it would be it'd be a massive boost. And as I said before, it, it wouldn't be a shock for him to stay because it is just such a, a perfect location, a perfect time really for, for him to be in this Liverpool team. So Fingers crossed the reports are true and, and the contract is done because I think for football really to see the best of Mohamed Salah, he has to, to be at Liverpool and, and has to be playing regularly at Anfield. Okay, yeah, final point before we go then. I suppose if he if he does stay at Liverpool, the contract gets sort of secured. I suppose it is a case of what can he go on and achieve? And I mean, the top foreign goal scorer in Premier League history is Sergio Aguero on... 184 goals. Mohamed Salah's on 
117 right now. So he's, what, less than, than 70 behind Sergio Aguero. Do you think that would be something in his mind? I mean, knowing his first four goal scoring that would be right lodged at the front of his mind that I want to become the top foreign goal scorer, the best. I suppose he'll, he'll want to look back at the end of it and say, I'm the best foreign import into the Premier League. Equally, you might want to take the record outright. Yeah, I mean, listen, he'll go for, for every single thing that there is going for him. We know what Mohamed Salah's like. He'll be looking at, at these records. He's spoken in the past, hasn't he, about looking at Liverpool's goal-scoring charts and picking out the names at the top of that list. I don't think it's going to be quite realistic necessarily to go all the way and, and do that, given some of the numbers that are on those lists. But we do know for a fact that he does look at these things. He does think about these things. And I think... That, that's again, it, it ties into the point that we were saying before in terms of it being the perfect club for him, the best sort of way to get the, the best out of him. I think, you know, if, if he can finish his career, he can win as many trophies as he can with Liverpool. He can put himself right up there in terms of, of those sorts of goal scoring figures. Someone like Sergio Aguero, if he could surpass him and given the, the sort of numbers that you've listed there, it, it, it's probably realistic if he was to sign up for, for four seasons. You certainly you wouldn't put that past him for, for sure. So, yeah, I, I think that does play a big part in it. I think that will be something that's without a shadow of a doubt in his mind. I'm sure he's got, you know, in his head a, a note of, of where he wants to be. He'll, he'll want to, to continue to do that. You look at, I can't remember the exact statistic, but there was some stats a couple of weeks ago when he, he hit sort of 20 Premier League goals around, you know, the, the number of players that have done that consistently. He's right up there, isn't he, in terms of, of Premier League greats. And yeah, if he continues to do what he's doing now for, for the next four seasons at, at Liverpool, then he's going to, at the very least, be be very close to those records. And, you know, th there's been a lot of talk around Liverpool not maybe wanting to to give him that length of contract because what sort of a player will he be? Will he lose his, his pace? Will he lose that kind of thing moving forwards? But you know, even even if you played him as a, a number nine moving forwards, if you change that kind of role, you can still you can see a, a goal scoring player there. He's he's not going to lose those sides of his game as he moves forward. And to be fair know, though, I'm not I'm not even sure he needs to move to being a number nine because he, he so often he plays as a wide forward where he yeah. doesn't really come back and help defensively. He stays at up, up the top end of the pitch. And I mean, you look at a player like Jamie Vardy, for example, yes, this season injuries have got him and maybe it's a, a sign that he's slowing down, but he's gone well into his mid-30s, still being able to go in bursts and, and play within those moments, which is very much what Salah does. He doesn't get involved in the build-up an awful lot of time. He positions himself, lurking around the top end of the pitch, waiting to go off on the sprint to get in behind the defence. And personally, I think with the, the conditioning that will, of course, be available to him at Kirby and the way in which he will be looked after, certainly with Liverpool now having more forward options, he won't, he won't sort of see any reason to slow down. Yeah, and it's it's a different Liverpool team now as well, isn't it? The, the, the Liverpool team that he first came into was very much a counter-attack. He had to be quick because he basically had to run half the length of the pitch every time they attacked, but it's just not like that anymore. They're a lot more controlled. There is a lot more of that kind of passing, and we've seen you know goals this season from him where he's not necessarily had to sprint past players, but he's got that trickery. He's got the ability. You think of the goals against Watford, wasn't it? One of them and, and against Manchester City, where he sort of dances around two or three different players. That's not something that's going to go away for him. I mean, maybe, you know, that there'll be a slight slowing down in terms of, of that and the, the quickness of those feet as he gets older, but he's still going to have the ability to, to find a little yard. And I think, 
as long as Liverpool are, are at a similar level to what they're at now, they've got all of these other players, what we imagine Luis Diaz is going to become, Diogo Jota, there's not really as much pressure on him as well now to be that one that he's the only one that has to score. He's the only one who can find the back of the net for Liverpool. There's there's so many other options and obviously that's not just the, the pressure on him to, to score the goals. It's also the fact that you can't just put three players around Mohamed Salah as Watford did on Saturday. It's it's a case of if you do that, well, Diogo Jota will pop up or Luis Diaz didn't even come off the bench in that game, but you've got other players who can kind of take centre stage instead. So, yeah, the, 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 fundamentally, the, the, the system, the way that Liverpool play is, is set up for him to, to be in that kind of role moving forwards. And whether that's wide, whether that's through the middle, at some point, whether he has to, to kind of do the versatile impact sort of role, who knows, but certainly for the next sort of two, three, maybe longer years, just keep doing what he's doing and he'll be right up there in terms of the records. Yeah, the ink may yet be on the contract. The hand may be not even quite, or the pen, sorry, not quite even in the hand, but it looks as though talks over a new contract for Mohamed Salah are now beginning to progress and Liverpool may well have reached a breakthrough. Creep across the Liverpool Echo and Liverpool.com, of course, for the very latest, as well as plenty of reaction to come here on the Blood Red channel. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.